Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. Where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as always, as I always say, today we've got a great one for you because we do. We got Liddy Clark. She's done some great things in the music business. We're going to hear parts of her story, parts of her music, and we're excited about that. So, Liddy, are you here? Hi. Yes, I am here. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. Just trying to hang in there with this craziness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so as we as we get started, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, a brief overview about you, where you're from, and some hobbies you like to do outside of music. Yeah. So um, I am from originally Texas. And I grew up mostly in South Florida. I currently go to college out here in California at USC. And, yeah, I mean, some of the things I like to add to music now include, like, watching Netflix and, you know, doing friendship bracelets and all that good stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> and I see that you adopt pup. I mean, not adopt, but you – um. You foster puppies. How'd that start? Sorry, I'm going to call right now. Um, well, <laughs> well, I started fostering puppies when I, um, when I got my own apartment, actually. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And so um, I live with a few of my roommates right now. And <laughs> we puppies every once in a while and yeah I just got into it because I really (laughs) wanted to start owning a dog again and I couldn't because I don't have enough time so (laughs) that's that's pretty (laughs) cool but so you found a way around that (laughs) yeah definitely so what's something quirky about you that people would find interesting oh man um so many things are quirky <laughs> I'm left-handed. I guess that's like the most quirky thing. So is Sandy. Yes, oh, wow. I'm left-handed also. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't really know. I mean, I do just like normal stuff, I guess. I I really like math. I don't know if that's quirky. <laughs> <laughs> that was always my best subject when I was back in when I was school. Was, I nailed math, but everything else I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, who's been some of your musical influences growing up? Hmm, I'd say I listened to a lot of country music growing up, definitely. And so, like all the great women of the '90s and the early 2000s are kind of my calling card, like Faith Hill, Martina McBride, mm-hmm. uh, even a little bit of Carrie Underwood in there. But also, like, I listen to a bunch of Shania Twain and John Mayer and basically, you know, just like Top 40 pop radio yeah. as well. So definitely all of those folks are very influential to my music. <laughs> so do you have anybody influential that pe- people would be surprised on? Oh. Um, I don't know if it would be surprising, but, like, I like a lot of alternative rock and stuff like that, like the 1975. I'm a really big fan oh, wow. of Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
So what drives you right now, you know, as, as you're moving into your career and all that? Yeah, uh, well, I guess just the need to be moving forward. I Yeah, <laughs> I have just kind of the personality type where I feel like I need to be doing something all times, and so <laughs> I usually am. And it's pretty much just that and just the feeling that I'm not done yet with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I'm I'm guessing in this day and time right now, you're probably really frustrated because it's hard to move forward with what's going on. Yeah, no, definitely. No, definitely it is. So at what age did you know that, you know what, this is what I want to do with my life? Um, I mean, I think I figured it out when I was like 13, 14 years old. That was really when I first started doing original music and playing guitar. And Mm -hmm. I just kind of realized that that's something that I felt really passionate about and something that I really enjoyed doing. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, you never know what answer you're going to. Sometimes they're young, sometimes they're older. So it's always interesting to see when people have realized you know what tell us about the time where the first time you get on stage did you get that stage bug where you're like you know what i'm up here in front of an audience i'm singing did you get the bug where you're like you know what i'm supposed to be here yeah i mean i did musical theater a lot when i was a kid and so i think that's part of it definitely Uh, i really loved that as well i still love musical theater and plays and the art of theater and yeah, no, I think part of it is definitely being on stage and being able to kind of express myself and being able to connect with people in the audience as well. Yeah, because connection is everything when it comes to music. Yeah, definitely. Without that, you, you really have nothing. So I see that you've got a special microphone. Tell us about that. What do you that mean? you're using right now. Well, oh, uh, as far who's as my, who's my studio <laughs> set up? Yeah. Okay. I, I yeah, seen that um, your your PR person m- mentioned about that, and I guess he wanted me to bring this up. So I'm like, okay, what? Tell us about that microphone. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I bought a whole new studio setup for my house, and so the microphone mm-hmm. I'm using right now, it's one of those microphones that you can essentially in the software of your music program like logic you can turn it into one of like any eight microphones and it'll act like that and kind of pick up sound in the way that that microphone would so you can Mm -hmm. essentially like have eight different microphones in one it's it's really neat and didn't it it belong like Demi Lovato oh I'm sure it does yeah because that's that's what he was that's that's what he (laughs) yeah because that's what he um I think he said in the email that she's recorded her last album with that microphone. Oh, that's really cool. (laughs) That's why I was bringing it up. (laughs) So when you look back on your career so far, um, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do this? Uh, Sorry, could you repeat that one more time? It broke up a little bit. I said, when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do this? Oh, man, it would definitely be, I feel like I say this every time, but it's so true. Um, The Country Music Hall of Fame about three years ago, I got Mm -hmm. to 
perform right after Garth Brooks. So that was really mm. neat. Oh, wow. Yeah, awesome. no, definitely a very surreal moment. Uh, just, I guess, being even in the same room as him as well as, you know, like performing where so many of like my favorite artists have performed mm-hmm. before and in front of, you know, many industry folk. So, yeah, that was definitely it. Got a few more that kind of pop out. Um, I mean, just really my entire gap year was a really mm-hmm. whirlwind experience. I got to travel a lot and I got to go to a bunch of different places. I probably wouldn't have normally if I had taken a gap year and sort of mm-hmm. gone on this radio tour type experience. And yeah, no, that's basically like that entire year would be it. And that oh, wow. includes, you know, <laughs> the Garth Brooks experience and it includes, you know, flying up to New York city and performing for iHeartRadio and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So instead of a, instead of a moment, you've got a year. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, once we talk about a few highs, I always like to go flip the script and go the other way and talk about some of the lows and I'll explain where I want to go with, we interviewed Allison Steele from two still girls back in 2014 and one of the questions I asked her was, what advice would she give an up-and-coming artist? And she said this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time in music because they were full-time at that time. Uh, she says, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. Because the sacrifices we have to make, the sacrifices our family has to make, the sacrifices, the struggles, you know, if, they're, you know, if we have a bad day, we still got to get on that stage tonight and perform like we didn't have a bad day. So there's so much involved within the whole music industry that if you can't be all in, then you need to keep it a hobby. What do you think about that, and what are some of the struggles that you've been through trying to get to where you're at? I mean, I definitely agree with that. You kind of have to have a strong sense of willpower in order to be able to psychologically even make it through this industry. And so that's really only for those who, like, really want to do this and have no other option. Um, sorry, what was the other part of the question? I got so caught up in what, that. <laughs> and it was, it was what, you know, where, um, what are some of the struggles you've had to fight, face and fight as you're battling going through all this? Yeah, I mean, definitely, like, a lot, especially, like, entering into this industry is, like, a – 14 year old girl like you know so many people look down upon you because of your age but also Mm -hmm. because you know I was I I am a girl so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of inherent sexism especially within the country music market and Mm -hmm. I think just having to learn about that from a really young age it kind of disheartened me a bit to the industry and I've, I've definitely learned a lot through different experiences I've had and different you know, people I've talked to and their opinions on whether or not like females can make it in the country music industry now. Um, I think, I don't know if you asked for advice or not, but I'm, I'm going to give it anyways. I think one of the <laughs> most important things is just to be like a nice person because I've met so many mm-hmm. So many amazing artists, honestly. There are a lot of really nice people out there, but there are also some other artists out there who are not nice people and kind of treat everybody like they are, you know, queen or king and Mm. they need to be like in control at all times. And like they could be amazingly mega talented, but if they're not a nice person, like they're not going to make it because people don't want to work with them. 
And so, like, of all of the things you can control, like, you can control yourself the most out of anything in this world. And so I think just being, like, a really, like, a genuine but also nice Mm -hmm. person because, like, everyone's going through some bad stuff (laughs) right now, obviously. But we just need to be nice to each other. It's not that difficult. And, and you know, (laughs) when you say genuine, I like that because I remember when we first started this show – a friend of mine from Nashville, I asked him what advice would he give us, and I think this advice goes great for not just hosts like us, but artists too. But he he, he said the only piece of advice I would give is be authentic. He said because what because he knows we look up to like a Bobby Bones and Ty Bentley and those type of people within what we do, and he we, he went on to say that you could you could become a second nature Bobby Jones or a second nature Ty Bentley, and you might can even form an audience. But the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out, and when authentic Chris comes out, you're going to lose every one of your fans slash um, listeners because they weren't attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to the fake Chris. He says, so if you stay authentic from the beginning, the right audience will come. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I think that from what I've seen out there, sometimes artists – want to get um, onto a label so bad that they will change who they are just to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand why people would do that. However, like, obviously I'm not really interested in that type of thing. And I've definitely (laughs) spent a lot of the past few years kind of cultivating and figuring out who I am exactly as an artist and what I Mm -hmm. want to say. And so I I think I have mostly figured that out. You know, I figured that <laughs> out good. for a 22-year-old Liddy Clark, and who knows what it's going to be at 23 or 24, but yeah. I think I understand mm-hmm. who I am at this moment in time, and that's always changing. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I don't, I don't ever want to compromise on that. So what's some of your favorite venues you've played at? Oh, um... I hate to say it again, but Country Music Hall of Fame, that was like the <laughs> venue. That's so <laughs> iconic. <laughs> that was that was the one for me, but also like the iHeartRadio stage up in New York. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Um, I love the office they have up there. They have all these changing lights and radio stations that, you know, switch every time you walk in between them. It's, it's really neat, mm-hmm. and I'd love to go back there at some point oh, soon. Wow. And yeah, no, I've also played uh, out here at the Hotel Cafe, which is a bit of a smaller stage, obviously, but I got to play. Um, I opened up for Lindsay L. about a year ago, and she's fantastic, obviously, yeah. and yeah, no, it's just, it's a really cool, neat stage, and like, John Mayer's played there before, like, casually, and I think it's just like one of those stages where people like to listen to music instead of, you know, just like sitting at the bar and stuff, so that's, yeah. those are always my favorite venues so since you've been doing music what's been some of your craziest moments that's happened to you while you're on stage huh oh man i'm trying to think of and you never and we never know what we're going to hear on this (laughs) oh yes (laughs) yeah oh man um well actually i since you know i grew up in florida i played you know my first band shows out there and I remember the first show I played at the the Parkland Amphitheater. I 
uh, it was like a hundred degrees out that day and I was wearing fake lashes and I was also wearing sunglasses, thankfully, but my lashes literally melted off of my face by the second song. And so Mm. I was just like, it looked like I was like crying black tears, but I had to keep my sunglasses on the entire time. Like I couldn't take them off and it was just like the most terrible feeling. Yeah, I remember one of the artists, We uh, he said that um, he actually had somebody, I guess they felt like they couldn't hear. So while he's playing, they walked up on stage, and he didn't see it until he was right, it was too late. Walked up on stage, went to the speaker, and cranked it up. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> so... So you, you, we never, you know, when we go with that question, we never know what people are going to say. We've had some crazy ones, and we've had some like, Whoa. we have. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's all kinds of stories. So we're going to take a small break here, and then we're going to come back and play your song. How's that? All right, that sounds good. All right, okay, for a little commercial break here. <laughs> all right. Hey everyone, we have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
Oh, yeah, it's Thank a great you. song. Thank you so, so much. What, so where where'd that song come from? What inspired that? Oh, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I wrote that song a, a long time ago, actually. And this is just like, I think it might be the third round of production we had on it. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this uh, with a co-writer of mine back in Florida and it was it wasn't really inspired by anything actually. It was more just I thought of a title, I thought of hit and run and I thought of the hook and I brought it in. That was like <laughs> what if we did this based on, you know, a relationship that's gone wrong, like a hit and run. Yeah. And mm-hmm. not that it was necessarily inspired by anything in particular, but it has, you know, there are certain aspects of, you know, my life or my co writer's life mm-hmm. or pretty much anyone's life where we felt like we have been kind of left in the dust and kind of dazed and confused, yeah. I guess, afterwards. And so we really just took like our own experiences with that and we brought it into the studio and we wrote about it. And yeah, no, it's, it's really cool oh, that yeah. the song is actually out now and I think it sounds pretty good. So, <laughs> so yeah. what's of all the songs that you've written, what's been your favorite and why? Oh man, that's really difficult because I actually <laughs> love like all of the songs that I have for my album right now. I'd say I have mm-hmm. two I'm thinking of. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them's called Potential, and another one's called Sorry, Mom and Dad. And they're both super, I guess, emo rock anthems a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, no, I I can't wait to share those because I think those are the most vulnerable of them songwriting wise in forever and I'm just I'm really excited to see what people think of them and that's something we really love about songwriters because again you know many different things you don't have to do this but even artists you know there's a certain vulnerability to artists who don't write but for the most part if you write a song you're you're so vulnerable when you get on that stage you don't know how people are going to respond to the song and you're pouring your heart out here and mm-hmm. we love that about songwriting because most people that we've interviewed so far, you're, I think, our 60-second interview now for the year. And most of them have been songwriters. So we love the vulnerability that y'all bring to the table. Yeah. <clears throat> so what's, uh, you know, as you got any other favorite songs that um, you've written that maybe in the past past? that inspired something out of you. What do you mean? That, you know, that you look back and you're like, you know, wow, that was a great song. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd, I'd say those, those, 
Well, both of those songs are in the past. I mean, just, you know, past year or two. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I'd, I'd say that those two, uh, Sorry Mom and Dad, Potential, they're not out yet, but those are my favorites. Yeah. Okay. okay. So um, we always like to bring up the team behind the artist. You know, most pe- most fans, when they see the artist, they see you. They don't see nobody else. And sometimes the people behind the artist get no recognition, no nothing. Well, I like to try to change that a little bit. You know, my goal is to kind of help that out to where, you know, people can see the, the people behind the artist because without them, you can't do what you do. So tell us about your team from your PR people to your band to, to everything. Tell us a few stories behind your team. Yeah, so uh, you've, you've talked to my PR people before um, at Marbaloo. They're really great, and we've been working with them for a few years now. And honestly, like, I, I can't say a single bad thing. Like, they've just, they really opened up some amazing doors <laughs> and have, you know, created opportunities. And I've gotten to hear about a bunch of new artists from them and gotten to meet a bunch of new people. And that's really just kind of the goal of all of this is to meet and connect with as many people as possible and they've definitely made that possible. Um, I also have my band out here. I have a few different bands at this point, actually. I've got my Florida oh, well. band, and I've got my L.A. band, which is uh, mostly musicians out here at USC Thornton. And they're all around my age, and they're all incredibly fantastic and very good players and very good people as well. And it sucks, you know, we're not going to be able to play any more shows for who knows how long at this point. But yeah. they're all really fantastic yeah. people, and I do get help with my digital strategy as well on social media platforms from my uh, social media managers, Jesse and Danny, and they're also really fantastic. We come up with different marketing plans for what I'm trying to promote, I guess, on mm-hmm. all social media. That is really cool. So are your parents supportive of your career? Definitely, yeah. I mean, my mom managed my career for most of, like, my underage life. And so, yeah, no, she's definitely very heavily involved. But we've kind of moved to the place where I'm more in charge of it, I guess, now. And so that's really important for authenticity as well. Oh, definitely. So tell us a mom story that where back back when she was managing everything, that where she stepped up to the plate and you were like, wow, she really does believe in what I'm doing. Oh, man. Um, crazy story. We actually went to Oregon to play a prom one time. <laughs> I think I was like 15 at the time. And yeah, no, I, some girl, one of my like biggest fans on Facebook at the time, uh, mm-hmm. she had like practically like really asked for me to come and play her prom and she was really excited. And oh, so wow. my mom was like, yeah, let's go do it. And so we literally flew to Oregon and we went out out into uh, I can't even remember what the town is Tillamook Tillamook I remember because they had the really good cheese and <laughs> yeah and we went we played the prom there I was in like an airplane hangar and it's probably been one of the most just wild experiences I've ever had and really know anybody else who would kind of drop everything they're doing to come and to you know let me play a prom all the way across the country. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool because I always like to get the people behind the artists and a few stories because I think that sometimes they're left out. And, of course, most people don't care about being left out, you know, but 
I like to show spotlight somebody because a lot of times fans they see the artists and that's all they see, you know, and they don't understand. You can't do what you do without all the people behind you. That's why I always like to bring bring that up. And talking about family, because we are a family show, we always let our little one um, come on and ask one question. Also, <laughs> he's eight years old, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so she's gonna Sandy's gonna get get him on real quick. <laughs> Okay. All right, here he is. Here's Christopher. Okay. Hi, lady. What's your favorite food? Oh, man. That is really difficult. I have a lot of different <laughs> favorite foods. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just had the most amazing cheeseburger the other night that my roommate made. And I have to say, I think it would be my favorite food. <laughs> that might be it. Yeah. So, what's yours, Lisa? <laughs> uh, pizza. Ooh, that's a good one. I had pizza last night too. What what kind of toppings do you get on your pizza? Uh pepperoni. Solid. A very solid topping <laughs> choice. Are you a fan of pineapple on pizza or no? Uh, yeah. He probably would. I'm not sure if he's I'm not sure yeah. if he's had that, but but he would, I think we had it one time and he liked it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. He, he, he comes and goes quick. Yes, he <laughs> but he, 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 he wants to be in. Uh, he wants to do a podcast one day. So we're kind of training him a little bit. Say, hey, you know, come on, ask a question. He loves to be a part yeah. of it. <clears throat> so if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you write? What would you want to write about? Oh my God, dead or alive. That's really difficult. Um, oh, man, I have a lot of choices. Uh, I'd really love to write with. Okay. No, I no, was saying a whole lot of choices. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were pulled up. I was like, all right. Um, I'd really like to write with. Uh, I really love Julia Michaels and Ed Sheeran and. I love a lot of the collaborations they've been coming out with recently and Billy Joel and I love John Mayer and I love um, Stevie Nicks. I mean, there's, there's just a lot of really good choices. And if you did write with them, what would you want to write about? I mean, of course it, with each artist it would probably be different, but you know, what would you want to write about? Uh, um, I don't know. I wouldn't want to write about, you know, like anything stereotypical, I guess. I think what I've been really into these days is writing songs about very specific topics and very specific mm-hmm. stories. And I think, you know, there's something universal in the specificity of songs. And so I I would want to write about something, you know, very specific that's happened to both of us. That would be that would be my goal. So if you were face-to-face with either one of those artists that you named, what would be your first question to them? Oh, man. Um, That's so difficult because they're all in very different (laughs) places. But um, (laughs) I guess, like, how they are mentally – I mean, just in terms of, like, Mm -hmm. you hear so many stories about artists who struggle with – you know, mental health issues. And yeah. I guess what I'm most concerned about is definitely just keeping, 
a level head and being able to, you know, survive and be healthy mentally as well as physically. And so mm-hmm. I guess just figuring out like the healthy habits that people do while they are on tour and they're having to wake up at like 4 a.m. every day and going to bed at like 2 a.m. every day and just kind of figuring out how people are able to deal with that and are able to keep their head on straight, I think, is one of the most important and, things for me. So, Yeah, and trying to find that healthy balance. Like, of course, you know, with Sandy and I, as a married couple, we do the show together. So we kind of mm-hmm. able to keep our balance in there because we do the show together and we're always together. So we get a balance in there. But a lot of people, you know, especially within the artist arena who are, who are couples and married and all that, that balance is tough. For, and, and even if you're not married or and you're single, the balance is really tough with the workload that comes with this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm about to ask a question, and I will explain why I'm asking it in this way in just a second. But if you had a magic wand and what, you, and what you're about to say would for sure come true, where – would you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it that way, I have a specific reason. Um, this past February made five years that we asked that same question to Kelsey Ballerini. And her, I mean, almost to the T of what she told us five years ago is what she's living right now. So I think there's power in putting it out there on what you really want. Um, so where would you be in five years? That's really amazing that Kelsey's story. I love that. Um, if I could wave a magical wand and pick where I'd be in five years, I mm. think that I would have graduated from college. I'd, I'd really like that to happen in the next five years, and <laughs> I would I would be on I would be on a tour. I would hopefully have had my first headlining tour. That would be exciting. I've been playing, you know, twelve hundred seat venues across the country in five years no isn't unimaginable. Um, Most definitely. Yeah, I would have. I think in three years, I'd like to be supporting a lot of tours, and in five mm-hmm. years, I'd like to have my first headlining. I would be on my second album, release schedule wise. I would be about to release my second album, and I would be signed to one of the labels I have listed and kind of my dream labels. Uh, notes that I have on my phone. I have sort of a mm-hmm. game plan for in terms <laughs> of which which people I'd like to sign with and why and what my terms would oh, well. be, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, I, I like to keep things specific in my head and I like to have a clear destination of where I'm going. So, yeah. <laughs> that's where I'd be. And, and that's good because um, we actually do a, a State of the Music Business podcast we're doing them weekly. It's been a few weeks since we've done one. But our very first one was with Joe, Joe Kelly with CDX, Nash, of CDX Nashville. And he um, talked about that. He says that um, if you sign too early to a label, you just got screwed and you don't even know it. He says, he says he's got friends of his. He says in this day and time with all the tools. Now, granted, this was before the virus, so – when you actually could still tour, so th- so this is a little different vice right now. <laughs> but he said with the touring and all that, he said he got friends that they make, you know, hundred, two hundred thousand profit off of their music business, and they're but and they don't have a label or anything. He said they're happy, they control their own destiny. He says, but they're preparing because they know that 
if they build their base first and build their social media following first, that the day will come when labels come, and now they can name their own price. Yeah. And it sounds like that's kind of where you're headed, which is great, because a lot of artists, they're, they're not thinking about that. And I'm so glad you brought that up. So if any artists are listening to this podcast, they can, that, they can think about that, because, again, you don't want to get taken advantage of. And a, and even though a label shouldn't do that, they're going if they can get away with lowering you, they're going to. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so if you had a friend, let's say, and and let's say they've played maybe five, ten, maybe twenty shows, they haven't done a whole lot yet, um, and you heard them sound, they sound really good, but they they've been on stage and they're like, you know what, I got that music stage that music bug, and I really feel I'm supposed to do this. What advice would you give that person that would help guide them for the next two, three, four years? Um, you said they'd only played like a few shows, right? Yeah, maybe 10, 20 shows, so, so barely any at this point. Yeah. Um, I think you think that you know a lot more than you actually do when you're first starting out, and I know that when I was younger, I thought that I had figured out the music business, that it was really quite simple in terms of theory and that, you know, I could basically take it on and change it from the bottom up. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've learned definitely a lot in terms of power structures and in terms mm-hmm. of what kind of makes this business really tick, especially over the past few years and, you know, going to college for it and, learning all of the intricacies of everything that does happen. And mm. so I think my advice would just be, you know, stay stay humble, assume you know nothing, and, you know, mm. just always learn from everyone you meet and take away something from every interaction you have. That's that's really good advice. And, you know, speaking on that kind of little bit, um, of the things you've learned – within the music industry, what surprised you the most so far? Huh. I mean, I guess it's not really, like, technically surprising, but just, like, Mm -hmm. the stats of where women have been in country music for the past 10 years, like, it's Mm -hmm. dismal. It's sad. And, like, just seeing statistics on, like, you know, this is the percentage of women who have actually been played in Top 40 radio and, like, Mm-hmm. How many women have gotten number ones, and it's surprising, I guess. You kind of grow up, and you think that, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're female or male, and you can mm-hmm. essentially reach the same goals, but it's, like, it hasn't been that way in country yeah. music for a while, and so I think that was surprising to me to learn about. And it's definitely changing now for the better, I think, yeah. and... Definitely. There's more fresh blood coming mm-hmm. into the industry and more people with open mindsets, I guess. And so I think that's something that's changing, and I think it's for the best. Yeah, and, you know, and it really is not granted. I think women n- never really had a true fair share, but it was better in the 80s and 90s. than once 2000 hit, it was like there was a switch. And I think I know what that switch is because when you research back, it's like um, all, when the whole term bro country came about, and again, we like Florida Georgia Line and all that and Sam Hunt. We, we like all that too, 
but when when that term bro country hit it was it's almost like everything got shut out except that for for a yeah. long while and it's just now getting to where you're starting to see even people like a Sam Hunt where there's they're creating songs that actually mean something now because they mm-hmm. see that shift. The shift is going back to what country music has always been about. Three chords and the truth, as they say, you know, <laughs> it's like this country music. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm glad we went there a little bit because again, I think some people don't realize, you know, there's people that if you talk to in, in, on the street, they still don't get that women don't, have a fair share on radio now that they do have like on podcasts and and internet radio and stuff like that but on commercial radio they don't yeah i know so as we come down to the last question um here what is there a question out there that you wish hosts like us would ask but never do hmm i never really thought about that because we've built our show around this question, like the quirky one. I remember when we asked yeah. that question, this one girl says, I wish people would just ask me what's quirky so we could have a little fun. And I was like, ooh, I like you that. You've gotten the best answers <laughs> to that question. <laughs> now, granted, when, when we're interviewing men, I say unusual. Mm-hmm. I don't say quirky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't and know. Then, like, I think another... it's really cool. I think it's really mm-hmm. cool when people bring up like specific experiences that you know each artist has been through. Like, tell us about you know the first day of shooting your shot down stand up music video or stuff like that. I really like it when yeah. it's quick and straight to the point and kind of mm-hmm. easy to plot out. You know, an answer in my head, I guess. And I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like I like the uh, I like the question. Uh, what's your favorite kind of food? I think. I think that's a good question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll have to tell little Chris that he got a great question for you. <laughs> he did. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to choose him that that <laughs> Tell him I chose it. Okay. Self-promotion time. Tell everybody how they can reach you. Yeah. Well, you can reach me at uh, LiddyClark.com, L-I-D-D-Y-C-L-A-R-K. I'm on basically every social media platform known to man, including the great TikTok, and you can find me <laughs> at Liddy Clark on there as well. Just L I D D Y C L A R K. Yeah, no, I'm pretty much everywhere. You gotta gotta try real hard not to find me. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we really we really enjoyed this, and hopefully, we can have you back on the show down the road. Where we can get some updates. Yeah, for sure. That sounds awesome. All right, we'll talk with you real soon. You have a blessed day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed the show today. Um, go look up Liddy Clark and all her stuff, you know, if you like what you heard and all that. Um, but as always, we've got another show for you coming at you tomorrow. And on Friday, we got two shows coming at you. So stay tuned. <laughs>